Hi, guys. Thank you guys for uh, joining us today. Today we have a special guest, the first guest on the channel, and I'm super hyped about it. Uh, we have James from Engaging the Phenomenon, who I consider a, a friend and a friend of the channel. He's included me in a lot of his videos, so I'm happy to say that he is the first guest, and I can't wait to get into a discussion with him tonight. So how are you doing, James? How's everything? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I love your channel, by the way. Uh, it's, you have really like a cinematic touch that's like incredible. I think this community needs it. Thank you, man. Um, that means a lot because I really do try my best with the, I guess you'd say the little resources I, ha I have, but I am trying to give at least quality. I know that I'm not any Richard Dolan, but I can at least try to give you guys something cinematic to look at. And I love your channel as well. Honestly, I've been following you for a long time and it was really cool when you reached out to me you were probably one of the first people uh content creator wise to shoot me a message and ask to be part of the channel so uh, it really does mean a lot and i think it's a good example and it sets a good example for the community i think we should all be doing that so uh yeah tonight the idea with this is to have just a chilled out, mellow discussion, talk about the phenomenon, learn a little bit about each other. And I asked you the other day if you would mind if we open some beers on the show. And I thought, you know, mellow session, why not crack open some beers? And you told me that you don't drink because, uh, because you meditate. So it's like a, I found that really interesting and I want to just learn more, seeing as you're the person I think of when I think of CE5, I don't even think of Greer. I think of you because I've learned so much from your content. And I just want to know what other things you do in your life sort of to stay in balance and to help your meditation practice while I open this beer and ruin my, <laughs> my meditation practice. <laughs> <laughs> Not, you know, um, actually, uh, and here I got, I actually got, uh, my drink is a C4. It's just an energy drink. If I have any vice, it's a stimulant. <laughs> you are Caffeine. super healthy too. Uh, like you work out and stuff. You're super healthy, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Like, I I love to work out. Um, uh, but as far as like meditation practice, so, you know, actually I don't, really i don't ingest intoxicants and that's mm. just for the idea of purity of the mind mm. you know which you, you can actually extrapolate that um and you know that goes into like things that you're watching and listening to and and you know just being aware of how those kind of things you know things that you eat all that kind of thing affect your your consciousness and your awareness and then the purity of your mind um that's not to say that you can't have a serious practice um, if you have a beer every once in a while, or even once a week or, you know, or twice a week, it's not going to really inhibit your practice too much, but it is, uh, you know, abstaining from any intoxicants is, a a practice in meditation. Um, you know, but for me, I mean, I've been doing it for so many years. It's, it's lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Um, so a big thing in, in meditation practice is removing obstacles, and that's removing obstacles from you in clearing your awareness and trying to, you know, maintain ele elevated states, you know, so that also um, would go down to in, in yoga, what they call the, the eight limbs of yoga or in Buddhism, what they call the, the eight fold, um, yeah, the eight uh, fold path. 
So those are just things to, to purify your mind and your consciousness. And, and, and people take it to different extents. You know, you can absolutely benefit from meditation by just doing 20 minutes of meditation every day and not including any other thing in your life that you'll still get the benefit from it. Um, but as you include it, you know, other aspects in your life as a practice and discipline, you're going to obviously garner greater results. Totally. And I, I see exactly where you're coming from with that because look, I grew up in California and in Los Angeles and Venice beach. And as many of you know, Venice beach is a beach town for those of you that don't know. Um, and there's a big, you know, the weed is legal now. There's a big culture of like, I don't know if it just affected me, but you know, uh, when I was in college, I drank a lot. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was a surfer. So of course there was a little, little cannabis going on there. And I totally, <laughs> I totally understand what you mean. Now that I'm older, I'm more like relaxed in, in life, but there are times where I will just for no reason, not have any drinks or not take part in anything out of the ordinary that affects my body. And I totally feel clear headed and clear minded. And it's, it's really weird. Um, I've had some pretty interesting experiences when I am that way. It's almost like I'm more awake and more aware. And lots of people don't think about that, like how drinking something on Tuesday or Thursday can affect you all the way till, you know, the next week or until everything gets out of your body. I don't know how long that takes, but I totally understand that take and I, I respect it. I really do. Um, so I said earlier that I think of you when I think of CE5 and I've really am interested in the topic and I want to learn more about it. So I've been waiting to like sit down and talk to you. So this is awesome. <laughs> if uh, first I want to know, like how long have you been practicing CE5? Do you call it CE5 or do you think it's something like, like there's a broader term for it and C5 is just something that Greer kind of classified, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, I've been practicing CE5 specifically um, since around 2008, 2009, towards the end of 2008, really. Um, and I, I call it C5 simply just because it's a simple term to use. I actually, I like the terminology. I like that Greer did that. Um, Although in, in the same token, he kind of uh, wrecked the term more or less because any affiliation with him is almost tainted these days. You know, unfortunately, you know, you have like a spectrum of people who almost hero worship Dr. Greer and, and people who just hate everything about him. Um, and that's unfortunate because I think the truth is somewhere in between that and where, you know, obviously Dr. Greer has done um, incredible work. We probably wouldn't be where we are today. Uh, if it wasn't for the work he did. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's, you know, CE5's worst enemy is Dr. Greer, even though he elevated it to where it is now at the same time, he really did. Uh, CE5, the, the close encounters of the fifth kind film, you know, has been seen by millions of people, yeah. you know, just being able to plant that seed, um, to millions and millions of people, just, just the awareness of it, that it's a possibility, you know, um, most people don't even consider that idea. 
Um, so I don't mind calling it CE5 uh, in a larger context. It's, it's really just contact. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I don't mean, know if I missed any part of your question there. No, 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 you didn't. I, that was a good answer. Um, but uh, I'll say something. I was, uh, you know, I really believed in Stephen Greer and Dr. Greer for many years. You know, I've been looking into this topic for a long time. Some people don't think that. Uh, some people think maybe I started looking into this back in 2017, but that's not the case at all. I remember in, what was it, September, like during 9-11 was when those briefings were happening or the citizens, what was it called? The citizens hearings, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he the, got all the, those The first one to... was the, the disclosure project. Yeah. The disclosure yeah, project. The disclosure project in May may 2001 exactly but then i think in like right as 9 11 happened they were like on the news talking about it when he had different people bringing it up or it was like right around that time um i might be wrong because this is a long time ago i'm like basing it on memory but i really did look up like looking like uh sorry look up to him growing up and thought he did do a lot and i still do think he did do a lot for for the discussion and he i mean you can't take that away from him which is why i never really like really dig into him you know whenever i talk about him because it's it's weird it's almost like somebody you looked up to is now like kind of like questioning what's going on so i i get i get both sides of the coin when it comes to him especially like right now where we are today and what's happening right now. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you feel <laughs> that way too. Like I, there was a moment where I was just trying to be really on the fence. You know, I was like, okay, let's just try to always be biased when it comes to it and respect whatever, you know, TTSA had their narrative. Greer had this other narrative that was going on. And I was just in the middle kind of going like, well, we don't really fully understand what's happening yet. So let's just let it play out. And everyone, you know, think for yourself always. That's what I always try to live by. But um, I don't know. So I, I know what you mean when you say that he has done a lot. You know, he's done things for the community. I don't, if anyone disagrees with that, they need to just look back into history and, and realize, like, he's been here for a long time that's not saying that what the message that's being portrayed at the moment that I agree with that message. I I do not, but I don't know. At the end of the day, like you said, C five people knowing that it's a possibility is beneficial. And I've always looked into the ancient astronaut hypothesis. And I find that it aligns very well with kind of C five in the sense of, I'm one of those people that thinks like, well, if there ever were gods, you know, why couldn't they be aliens? That would make a little more sense to me than like mythical beasts. But what is a mythical beast, but an alien at the end of the day. And uh, so using your consciousness and meditation and all this kind of stuff just seems to resonate throughout human history. And it seems to be very real. I mean, if we're going to talk about the phenomenon, we might as well take into consideration that that is an aspect of of humanity that just to this day continues to be practiced around the world um 
So yeah, here's another question. Best C5 experience. I want to know about that. What's your best experience? Like the most mind blowing experience you had. So uh, if you're willing to tell it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and, and I want to differentiate and say, I've had, I had experiences that were um, I'd say pretty insane that were not CE fives. Um, I, I guess you could just call them close encounters and that's, but that's ultimately what led me to CE five. But as, as far as somebody going out, you know, doing the kind of CE five preparation meditation with the going out with the intention to have a, a contact experience or a close encounter with UFO intelligence. Um, that was actually in June of, of um, 2011. So that's um, almost 10 years ago um, in a few months. And that was, I, I was, um, I was with some family members actually. Well, two of them were in my house that had no idea what was going on. And, um, the other one was with me and we, it was going to be their first CE five ever. So I said, listen, don't expect anything. Um, and you know, this is still somewhat earlier in my own like CE five career as it is too. So, you know, I had had success before, but I couldn't expect what had happened. Um, so anyways, I said, listen, don't, don't expect too much. Just don't, stress yourself out. Let's just kind of do it. And, and, you know, worst case scenario, it's good practice. And so they were like, yeah, okay. And um, so we went in a room to do the CE5 meditation and the other, my other family members are outside in the living room watching a movie. So they have the lights off and everything. And um, we do the meditation and we finish and this person, you know, my family member, I don't want to single them out, but they say to me, oh yeah, I got this message um, saying, um, you know, look out for the colors. And, you know, I, I'm open-minded, but I was still, you know, there's a thought in my mind of like, maybe they, or, you know, maybe that thought came to them from themselves. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of was just observing uh, what they said. So I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, look for the colors. So we step out the door. And um, my other two family members are there. They're like, somebody's taking pictures from outside. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, somebody's using a camera with flash. So there's light coming in the house, lighting up the living room from outside. And I was like, oh, you know, um, I, I instantly knew that there was, there must've been something going on, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I go outside and I, uh, on my way outside, I grab my laser, which I don't recommend people use. Um, but you know, I was earlier in that career. Um, so I, as soon as I go outside, I see, um, two, um, you know, white orbs and they're like this, they're kind of like, they're going like this towards each other. And, um, I, I, I shine my laser in between them. And one flashed and then the other flashed, like they flashed to each other. So I'm like, you know, holy crap. Um, and as soon as that happened, um, you know, when my other family member who did the meditation was with me. Um, as soon as that happened, the sky just lit up. Um, and just about every direction you looked, there were all different kind of phenomena going wow. on. Um, I had like this electrical surge throughout my body. Um, like a feeling of uh, euphoria or, you know, bliss, what, you know, like almost like a, a Kundalini 
um, awakening experience, something like a, a Kundalini experience. And I was just, um, you know, my mind was blown instantly because I realized this whole event was taking place already. And I, you know, I ran inside, I got my other family members and said, come out, you know, they're kind of like unsuspecting witnesses, you know, they're not supposed to be involved in this. They just happen to be there. And I brought them out and um, I'm everywhere you looked in the sky for a half an hour, there was just like insane activity. Like um, I looked over in the, like this direction over there and there were literally purple orbs in the sky and not too far off, like a green one. And then I looked in another direction to the red and there's what people call flash bulbs. So bursts of light coming out of nowhere um, all around the sky. Um, and there's streakers, you know, alleged um, would look like a shooting star almost, but s like swerving, like making S patterns in the sky and everything. Um, it, it was outrageous because I'm thinking, you know, for all this activity uh, to be occurring, um, it's, it's, I mean, it, it was there, the, the intelligence was clearly trying to demonstrate something, um, you know, I, I jokingly called it like an intergalactic initiation. Yeah. Uh, but they were definitely putting on a demonstration and, and trying to impress. I mean, and, you know, I, I don't have the answers, but if I were to contemplate, you know, there's a being uh, that represents every light or, you know, phenomena that occurred, that would be like hundreds of different intelligences, which I kind of looking back now, I don't, I, I kind of doubt that. So I don't know, uh, you know, I can't say, you know, how, you know, how the phenomenon was able to do this, but it did. And all the witnesses there saw this and, you know, I, I, I kind of want to kick myself now, but the only reason this whole uh, ordeal stopped is because I, I got to go get my friend Dave because he was supposed to meet us later that night for CE5. You know, this was just like a primer meditation. This was yeah. not even supposed to be like a, a, a CE5 event until I got, went and picked up my friend. And, um, and that's how I know it was half an hour because uh, he finished work at uh, like 10 o'clock. So I was going to go pick him up a little early. Cause I told him like, you, you're, you know, you're not going to believe this. This is just insane. Cause he's like the main guy I was doing CE5 with back then. Yeah. And, um, and there was stuff down right to the end, like orbs in my yard like six feet, five feet away from me in like a, like a structure, almost it looked like there were like three and then four. And it looked like they were in like, almost like a pyramid structure, almost um, that I, 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 you know, I was freaking out at that point. Yeah. Like, I could imagine. It was not, I was not expecting that. And I had had other close encounters, but this was just something that was completely different. And I, I don't often tell this story just because, you know, I don't want to get people's expectations up. Like this is what's going to happen uh, when you do CE5, um, you know, for one, number two, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm putting my credibility on the line. Not many people are going to, um, you know, understand or be able to relate to something like this. And therefore they're just going to kind of dismiss it or assume I'm exaggerating. And I can tell you, I'm trying to tell this as modestly as I can um, because this you know, again, it's, it was just incredible and, and actually somewhat overwhelming in a, in a sense. Um, so that, as far as like CE5 was probably the craziest. That's um, wild. 
Yeah, it that's it was it was you know, um, and I I did not expect anything like that. I never. I don't think know. anybody. I don't think anybody would ever expect <laughs> anything like that. I'm telling you, like that. Yeah. You so you were saying like you saw some orbs like six feet off the ground in your in the backyard. Six feet away from me. Some of them were six lower feet. than six feet. Oh off the wow, ground. dude. Yeah. I. I, I always like, wonder. I could have went up up and touched it probably yeah. um probably not a good idea <laughs> but i didn't i i honestly and i was just in the whole time i don't want to say shock but, yeah um no how are you not supposed to be in shock? i was just totally i was totally immersed in this experience I, that was going on like i, I was in like a different reality yeah it was amazing I, I get it and people have this thing um i always think about it Cause I've had some weird experiences in my life. And I think back on those moments where you, like I saw something that I couldn't explain and my brain, your brain kind of, it's almost like, like you just said, like you're immersed in this other, like this idea of behind the veil, like peeking behind the veil. Yeah. It's like, it, I feel like it's like, I get it. Cause like, if you look behind the veil and you see something surprising, it's almost like when you see something come out of the darkness, like a, a person come out of the darkness, you have to kind of like piece it together and see what's happening. Yeah. Like you have to process it. So I can't even imagine like having, I've, I've tried to a million times because I'm like, dude, what if you finally have a close encounter that's way crazier than you could ever picture or that you ever would want? How are you going to react to it? And I think back on those weird experiences that I've had growing up and I think like, well, I know what's going to happen. My brain is going to like glitch for a minute until it figures out what's going on. I'm going to enter into like some kind of like a weird euphoric feeling or sort of like, I don't know if it's euphoric, but uh, it's almost like confusion because it's like, I, I, does that make sense? Like confusion in the sense of not something negative, but you're this, just kind of like, mean, yeah, like dumbfounded. Exactly. That's a better word to use dumbfounded. You know, but um, just like what, what did the you're trying uh, to take it in? Exactly. You're trying to take it in, but it's happening too quick. And the thing is, is when it happens in, in real, like when it's happening to you in real life, I don't know if your brain, your brain is even just as dumbfounded. Like the machine that needs to process what's happening is like, wait, hold on. What's happening? Slow down. Cause I'm just imagining too. Uh, what what did your family think? Did they see it all? The people that were inside, they saw every all of it. And you know, um, I don't want to single them out and say no, this yeah. was my you know this such and such and yeah. But um, I mean, they were there for the whole thing, and they were watching this. And I'm sure I'm like you're seeing this right, and they're like yeah, and they're they're dumbfounded too. And I can tell you that it changed them for sure. I mean, they knew that I had. One of them was, or no, two of them had been uh, present for another high-level contact event I had a few years prior. I want I, wait. Um, I want to hear about that too. So don't <laughs> let me know about the other high-level oh, contact. Oh man, that's, that's yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that that you know, actually, that there's a whole you know, cause they're all connected in some way. Yeah, they have to. And be. you know, I'm not just saying like that. Like, oh, it's all it's all connected, guys, but there was a series of contact that I had um, and it 
I mean, the way I saw it, it was absolutely all connected and each event led to another. Um, but they, yeah, they saw the whole thing and, um, this family member, you know, was even said to me after I left and I went to go get my friend Dave, um, you know, they, oh my God, they're following you. Da, 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 da. And, uh, I'm just to, to finish that story off is that when I got, I went, I got my friend, uh, Dave, um, who actually, he admins the CE5, uh, initiative group with me, cool. um, and he's like the main guy I started um, all my C5 start, um, stuff with. He was like my main C5 partner going back to, you know, back then. And um, when I brought him back, the show was over. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> you know, like what would have happened if I never left? That always kills me thinking about that. I can imagine, you know? man. I could imagine. I, I mean, there's so many things you probably think about when you think about that. Like, you said yeah. you almost oh, touched man. it like you felt like you should have touched it um yeah and you guys didn't have cameras right you didn't have anything like that i, I wouldn't imagine I wasn't, that you guys were waiting like with a camera or anything i wasn't no i wasn't even expecting much to exactly. happen and and yeah. i didn't i didn't want to go back in my house yeah um and the only reason i left to get dave is because you know we had a lot of ce5 together but nothing like this this was just a whole nother you know a whole nother level of, uh, of a contact experience. Yeah, totally, man. Thank you for sharing that. And I know exactly what you're saying about putting, you know, your credibility on the line and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, that's your experience. And what that's going to do for you is have, give you the knowledge to understand kind of what's going on. Everyone else on this journey, on this search, I feel like they all have to have their own experience. If not, they're going to always question, what's going on? How could this be real? How could that story be real? Like I hear you tell your story and I really appreciate it. And I also think like, wow, like, see, I need to, that's why I was trying to tell you, like, I need to see five tips. Like I, I want to have an experience. It doesn't have to be that, you know, that wild, but um, I have messed around a little bit with C5. Like I made a video, one video a long time ago, trying. Uh, I saw the video. Yeah, I think you did. I think that's when we started that's talking cool video, man. a long time ago. I think you might have messaged me like a long time ago. And we didn't talk until I got on Twitter. Like, because I think I shared it in a C5 group somewhere. And I maybe yeah. I have to double check that. But um, yeah, I did that one. I did two. So I did one where nothing happened at all. Right. I did yeah. another one where I saw a strange sort of blue... <laughs> Like, uh, what did you call it? Like a streak? What was it? You had a name for it. Yeah. Streaker. Uh, a streaker, like a blue streaker going up instead of shooting across yeah, the yeah, sky, yeah. like a shooting star, it was going up and it's in the middle of the city. So it didn't make sense. And the weird thing was, is that that, okay, that was cool. Did the video. I said, Hey guys, this weird thing happened. I couldn't film it cause it just happened in, in a second. And, um, a few years later, now, now that I live in, in this other location and I have a balcony where I can see the whole city, like from over there, I can just see the whole city. And yeah, there's been moments where you get kind of tired looking into the phenomenon. I'll be honest with you. You get tired. Like I, I definitely have hit some brick walls where I'm just like, God. you can get a little burnt out. <laughs> yeah. You're like, how, how far can I go? You know, how, what, what can I really do? Like, what can I really find? 
And I went out to the balcony and I looked up to the, to the sky and I was like, in my mind, I was like, just show me something. I know you're there. Show me something. I, I spent hours looking into this. Show me something. And again, I saw that same blue streaker thing, the blue streak shoot up again yeah. in the same direction, different location and the whole other part of the city directly in my, like in my view. And the crazy thing is, it's not even that high. Both times it happened, it wasn't that high. It's high enough to be not like, I don't know, an electrical malfunction from a, from a, an electrical post or something down there. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I saw it and I was like, that was super strange that that happened right as I thought that. And I looked out. Yeah. And I, yeah. And a lot of times that's how contact happens. And, and what, that, that doesn't that blow your mind? Like, it makes me think like, yeah, what, what does that even I mean, mean? Like, <laughs> it's still, it's still, you know, even after all my experiences and I've done hundreds, if not more of C5s, I mean, you're, you're talking for over 12 years. I used to go out sometimes like four times a week mm. and my meditation regimen back then was like at least three hours a day of regular meditation. Yeah. And then like CE5, it's like CE5 work and field work and stuff. And still to this day, just with some of those simple things, it just, it still blows my mind. Like, wow, you know, we have that, um, this potential yeah, um, to be able to reach out and, inter and to interact with other sentient intelligences. And, um, I, and I think that's the power in CE5 is part yeah. of that. You're, you know, it's not just, oh, wow, cool. I can do this. It's like, it just shows you that the universe is not you know as you know how we've been taught it is you know yeah. reality is not how we've been taught it is it's something much grander much greater you know than we can even imagine really yeah and it's definitely a beautiful way to live life to have that that hope and that understanding yeah it's it's definitely positive that's why i don't really hate on c5 you know i mean some people because of the association to Greer and all that kind of stuff, they will just, like just completely shun it. And I, I don't at all, because I think that if you look into the phenomenon and you look at just even close encounters, physical close encounters, and I've said this, I don't know if there's a link here, but this is just something I've thought. Um, you know how extraterrestrials or the greys or ultra dimensionals yeah. or whatever they are, right? <laughs> they, um, they communicate telepathically with the abductee or with the, the person they're having the close encounter with. And right there, I feel like there has to be some kind of connection because there are like supposedly telepathic humans, you know, you have the psychic spies and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know if, you know, an alien being would have the same kind of brain in his head as, as we do, or the same, connection with consciousness i guess it does because you're going to probably explain it to me really well because you have an understanding my brother is also somebody that's very into consciousness and stuff and he always tells me it's because it all stems from the same thing consciousness is like one thing you know i mean like we're all connected at the end of the day um but it just makes me think like when i think about prayer and i also this c5 actually took me down some crazy rabbit holes because when i think about prayer I'll think, well, this is basically like meditation, 
and it's basically like C5, right? So if you think about a time, I don't know, a, a hundred years ago or something, when people were meditating and praying, honestly, they truly believed in what they were doing. They truly they didn't have the internet and people. Now people pray, even though people tell them like, oh, you know, the Bible is just fairy tales or, you know, that religious book is just fairy tales to teach you a lesson. It's not actually what happened. There's no reality in that. It's just like a story. But back in the day, they used to pray with that story as a reality. So when they were trying to contact something, they truly believed that they could do it. So they were totally open to it. Then, you know, so was it possible or is it possible that because they were less, I guess, tainted by this new era, this new world that we live in, this uh, technological world, even though I think that idea of this, the, you know, the Bible and religious text being fables has existed for a while, but maybe they were contacting something. Maybe they were interacting with the phenomenon and that's where those stories stem from. And that's why religion has really echoed and stayed on this planet for so long. I don't know. It's literally C5 took me down that road. I want you to know that. <laughs> I don't know how, Yeah. but it ended up taking me down that road. And I would go into, I don't know. Now, anytime I go into a church and I see an angel flying through the sky or, you know, a painting of an angel floating down with some lights shining from behind it and coming out of the clouds. I think like, well, maybe back in the day they saw an orb come down and maybe they had a close encounter and they, what the phenomenon presented itself as maybe the lady or that kind of situation. And they, they wrote it down and it's an angel. And that's kind of an explanation to all those fables supposedly and all those stories. They're just kind of close encounters with our interactions with the phenomenon. Um, but, you know, I'm, I would love to hear a little more about those, close encounters that you had without doing C5. That'd be interesting too, if you're willing to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that goes back. Um, that goes back a long time actually, but just even the recent one starting, Oh man, I'm trying to f figure out what year, maybe 2007 is when it started. Oh, 2000, yeah. Maybe it was around 2007, I think probably the summer of 2007. And, it, and there was this whole, um about eight month period where uh, you know all the a, a series of events occurred um different contact experiences and uh one included something like a near-death experience actually in this uh, car accident i was in and um that's where the um that uh, the other one i was referring to happened um because i had this insane um near-death experience it wasn't actually a near-death experience um at the time i it was occurring i thought i was dead yeah. uh, but I, it, it happened and you know i actually came out unfazed um but it was a really pretty bad car wreck and i had uh i guess what you can call it a trauma-induced out-of-body experience so a trauma-induced obe um, and I had that, that's a whole other experience. That's really personal. But during that, I saw this kind of, um, like a light entity, you know, a light being 
and I was face to face with it and it had like arms and a head and the head was a little elongated. It looked different. And it was like made of pure light, like a 5d being or something. I don't know what, you know, people would want to call it in pop culture, but um, it could, if I didn't know better, I could say it's like an angel or something. Right. Yeah. Not human and not even alien looking. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, a being of light. And uh, I was face to face with it. And somewhere in my awareness, I, it, it seemed like I was thinking like this being reflects me somehow. I'm somehow connected to this being. And um, there was this whole thing with the time, perceiving time, the past, present and future at the same time. And anyway, and then I came, you know, I was above the whole scene and I was out of my body and but it was pure bliss. Yeah. Um, no resentments, no fear. I was just kind of like this. So this is it. But I was so cool with it, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so we come to the next day. And I'm just in my room, grateful to be alive. Yeah. And I'm just, um, I'm cleaning my room. Like, oh, man, man, I'm just like, I'm here, you know. And out of nowhere... And this is, this has to be like maybe eight or nine at night uh, in the summer of uh, 2007. And out of nowhere, I got uh, what I call a, like a telepathic lock on. Yeah. So in my voice, like clear, and it, it didn't sound like my voice it, and it was loud. Like I, I couldn't escape it if I wanted to. There's no question of like, did I hear that? Um but I heard a, a voice in my head say, come outside. Um, but as soon, as soon as I heard the voice, like instantaneously, I knew what was going on. Um, I knew that it was these beings and that I was going to go outside and there was going to be a craft. I don't know how I can explain that I knew that, but I instantaneously knew it. And I was like super excited. So I ran out of the house. And I hear like a, a low humming oh. and I'm my whole, this is the same thing as before, like a Kundalini effect. My whole yeah. body is like vibrating with electricity and I'm just, um, again, there's like a, euph a euphoria or bliss and I'm, you know, at the same time, I'm super excited. I'm kind of freaking out and I hear this really low hum, like, and I look up and there's just trees where I was because that's where I was in, in like where I was living. And so I ran into my driveway and I can still hear it. And as soon as I look up, I saw almost like a, um, it lo looked like a, like a hexagon almost. It was rounded, but it had flat edges like this. Yeah. So almost like it wasn't a pentagon. It was more like a hexagon. Like it had like six, six sides or so. Um, and it was like, like a gunmetal black and it had um, like lights in a perfect square like this and just like these white lights like that. And then um, I'm staring at it and it just literally vanished. It just completely like disappeared. And then I'm looking ahead of me and there was like a lake ahead of me where I was living and like a thousand feet or, or 1200 feet ahead of me, it rematerialized and now it had lights going all around it like this. Yeah. And um, 
and again, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm like, holy, <laughs> you know, shit, this is actually happening. Um, and literally at the time, I'm like, am I going crazy? Like, did I hit my head mm. in the car accident? And I'm just like, have hallucinating this. Yeah. So I ran inside. I got um, two of my family members. And, um, <laughs> you know, I ran in the house. I'm like, they're here. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're here. I'm like, just mm. come outside. And um, they came outside. And again, this whole thing happened maybe for 20 minutes, a half an hour where there were different lights appearing above this lake uh, across the street from where I live. And they're going like this and, you know, have these lights like spinning around it and they're disappearing. And then another one would come and, uh, you know, sometimes there'd be two at the most, there'd be like two or three in the sky at once. And, uh, but it's still incredible. Um, And I'm thinking in my head, like, this is going to, this is it. Like there's like, this is going to be all over the papers and this is going to be disclosure tomorrow. Like, this is it. It's happening right now. And, um, and that's why I in that other experience I told you about, I wasn't expecting anything because yeah. of this experience, like I thought this was it, you know, I thought this was going to be like, I don't know, some like kind of disclosure or something like that, you know, I thought yeah. like the whole world was going to know this was going on for some reason, you know, that's how naive I was, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, so, and you know, so this went around for maybe 20, 25 minutes And the way it ended was that there was these two of them and they're, you know, they're coming at each other like this and the lights are spinning around and everything, all these different color lights. And as soon as they were going to hit, like, I'm like thinking in my head, holy shit, they're going to crash. Yeah. And as soon as they like made contact and touched, it just disappeared. Wow. And then that, and that was it. And it just ended. And, you know, my mind was blown. Uh, That changed my life. Um, because that is the experience that all these events culminated to. And from then I, I started looking into contact and that I eventually found Greer and I eventually found the C5 work. And the reason I was um, so impressed with, um, with Dr. Greer at the time was because when he was talking about um, contact and C5, I'm like, this, he's the, what he's ex- describing is exactly how contact happened for me. And you can't, you couldn't, you can't just read that in a book. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, the way he was explaining it was clearly he had experienced it. Like he was, you could tell he was coming from a place of knowing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then that's how I ended up finding CE5. And, um, you know, when I found CE5, I actually brought CE5 to social uh, networking. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. There, Cause there, you know, again, I'm a millennial and um, there was no CE5 anywhere on Facebook. And I'm like, dude, let me just make a group. Well, first I made a community page. Cause I don't either. There were no group pages at that time or I didn't know about them. Yeah. So I just created a community page called um, the CE5 initiative. And, you know, uh, it was more based on uh, Greer's work at that time. Uh, Cause I was new to all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then eventually see, um, either Facebook created groups or I found out about them and I made a group page and it, it blew up from there. And, uh, like back then there was like 50 people on the group or like two, you know, then we got up to like 200 and all these were like pretty like serious diehard CE5 people, yeah. you know, they had all been to like CSETI events and were 
had working groups and were practicing and um, I was networking with them, exchanging information. Uh, we met, I met up with different people from all over the country and stuff. And um, we were also getting other people into the CE5 work and distributing information and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I, that's, I follow you on Instagram. I saw, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Did you, I, you worked right for like doing these kinds of events at, at a time. I don't know if it was work, but I saw you like kind of from what I got from the pictures, like you were, you have a picture with, with Steven Greer and you have a picture. It looks like you're like hosting a C5 event or something. Well, yeah, there was, um, I went to two, two events with Dr. Greer. Mm. One was in 2010 and yeah. that was a three day event. And the other one was 2011. And that was a full, like what he calls the ambassador to the universe training. Yeah. And that was a whole week long event. And, you know, fortunately back then the events were way cheaper. <laughs> uh, I went to the last like event that was like, I think at the time, like his week long trainings were like eight ninety five or something, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's a little expensive, but it's like, it's not like it's not what like it what, is now. What it is now. Yeah. And now it's mean. like that he moved it from, um, from like nine hundred dollars to twenty five hundred. Yeah. And when he moved it to twenty five hundred, I protested with C SETI. You know, I emailed them. I said, "This is outrageous." I said, "Nobody's going to come to the events. This is, you know, it's a lot and of my money. whole thing." Yeah, it's a lot of money. I mean, yeah, normal people can't really afford that. I mean, no. I couldn't. I, I at the time, I was like, you know, I don't know how young, but I, you know, it was. <laughs> most people could not just blow you know 2500 plus a plane ticket plus a hotel plus food um especially if you're trying to promote this work and mobilize people to do uh field work so you want to get as many people doing this as you can you're making it like an elitist thing it's like it's gonna kill it and you know it actually eventually did come back in a in a way to to backfire because of the way i mean you you look at ufo twitter now and people's remarks are Oh, all like moneymaker Greer. And, yeah. and, and you know what? He did that to himself because, I know you, you know, um, whether it's justified or not, I can't be the judge of that, but all the, uh, the criticism he's facing is he brought on himself. That's all I can say. Yeah, I get it. And that's actually like a real honest and a good, <laughs> a good take on it. I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's making, He's, I mean, he's from the events. If, if you do the math on the events, you know, 2,500, it's at like three grand now. And uh, like three grand or 3,500 with 25 people, that's like 75 grand for a week. <laughs> you know, even if, even if he took home like half that, damn, I would yeah. love to make 35 grand a week Yeah, and do like four or five of those a, a year. That'd be, I'd love to, I'd love to do that. But, you know, but he, he did sacrifice his career. You know, he was the director of emergency medicine at a, at a hospital. So he was making 200, 300 G's yeah. a year in his profession anyways. Yeah. And he, he did leave all that behind. So I know I, it is what it is. I know what you mean. It is what it is. But I also think like, this is what like the red flag that came up for me, like right away. Right. Was because I, I forget what film it was in. Cause I've seen all his films, obviously yeah right i've seen all his everyone's seen all his films even the people that are hating on him i've seen all his films yeah um the last one i watched i was like oh my god 
was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, why am I watching this again? I watched it twice, I think, and I was like, what the hell? But yeah. um, but I, I because I watched them all always throughout my whole life. So that's what I'm trying to say, like that I have looked up to him and I did look up to him at one point. But my issue was when he told the story about how he made contact and how he learned how to, you know, use this protocol. And I was thinking, what if the phenomenon or these intelligent beings, uh, these otherworldly beings understood that you were charging people, you know, what we just talked about a second ago, those kinds of numbers. Yeah. I thought about that too. Yeah. Like, wouldn't they totally like, it doesn't make for me at first I was like, it just doesn't make sense. Cause you'd think they'd want him to teach it to everyone. Right. Like, yeah. If they really, if it really mattered to them, they would want him to teach it to everyone. And you would expect one of them to be like, Hey, look, do you, have you guys realized this guy is making a bunch of money off of what we <laughs> yeah. taught him? Um, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, and maybe, um, don't worry. This, this is, all, these are all thought experiments. We're just, yeah, maybe I'm misplacing my perception, but I I think that if they are as evolved as we can kind of assume, yeah, that they're not as judgmental as we are. And they, you know, they see like the bigger picture of things. And they're yeah. like, if these people are have the have the uh inkling to reach out to us, you know, in a way we can respond, let's, you know, they probably want to interact in some way. But honestly, the reason why I really enjoyed your content at first or like when I first found you, right? Not at first, when I first found you was, I was like, okay, awesome. I can learn about this and I don't have to go pay a bunch of money to go hang out with Stephen Greer and learn about this. There's people doing this and talking about it. And and then I started sitting down and going, we should be teaching everybody about this. We should all be just practicing or experimenting at least with it, even if you don't believe in it and you are looking into the phenomenon, you need to at least experiment with it and give it a shot. You know what I mean? See what happens and practice it because lots of us believe that the phenomenon has been here forever. Like I, I'm totally a believer in like the UFO phenomenon didn't start, you know, 70 plus years ago. This has been yeah. happening forever. This is not like something like, Oh, all of a sudden these flying saucers showed up. No, this is like rid like, what we talked about earlier when I was bringing up religion, that's why I always do that. Some people get a little like, Oh no, he's talking about religion. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like I, I understand it. Cause I, you know, went to Catholic school and all this kind of stuff, but I feel like that understanding of Catholics, the Catholic school upbringing and all that kind of stuff made me see it quicker than maybe someone else. Also because I was always just kind of like the kid that would raise his hand and be like, so Jesus is like Superman. And they were like, okay, go. And they were like, they're. So I already had this idea, like there must be, there's something right there. There's something going on in these texts that I'm reading. They're teaching me world religions, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, these are all the. Same. It's like different, different beings in each part of the planet influencing people, or or maybe it's the same beings yeah. or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> that's really what made me go like, okay, C five could very well be possible and seeing this kind of like I, so people are really coming after Greer right now especially like uh with his last comments that last video yeah. he dropped um 
And I, I don't agree with him in this idea that the phenomenon doesn't pose a threat because I see it as phenomena. You know, like we, you asked this on one of the, yeah. one of the ask you Twitter videos. Everyone should check that out. And if you're not subscribed to engaging the phenomenon's channel, please do that. He's awesome. <laughs> um, I think it's multiple phenomena. Like we're dealing with more than one type of being here, one type of species or one type of thing. It doesn't all align perfectly. You know, like it doesn't like the light beings. I know some people are like, well, that's just how you're seeing the gray or how you're seeing. Some people will say that. And I'm like, but the grays seem to have a way different yeah. interaction with people than then when you when people tell me about their C5 experiences or when they see light beings and that kind of stuff. And the orbs seem to interact differently than when somebody comes into contact with, I don't know, a flying saucer, right? It's just a different interaction. And if we're being visited or if we're interacting with one type of species, I don't understand why it'd be far-fetched to think that we're being interacted with by an unlimited amount of different kind of kind of beings you know what i mean it's who knows what could really be going on but uh what do you think like what's your take on the phenomenon is it is it multiple phenomenon like how does c5 play in to like the negative encounters you know what i'm talking about like yeah sure sure and um from you know first of all i think that we're dealing with a multitude of phenomena I think that we're dealing with several different intelligences and, you know, some of this is based on my experiences. So, uh, you know, going back, I've had experiences with different kind of, it seems like they're different intelligences, um, not only visually, but you literally will get a different feeling like a different vibe. Um, if I can, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, and there's like a different feel to some different, some of the different interactions. So, you know, you, you couple that together and it seems like there's probably different things. And to Greer's credit, he, he has said, but he doesn't say it often enough. Um, he, he did more, he spoke more on it more recently, but, um, and he talked about it back in the nineties, but, and it's, I think it's in some of his training materials but it's not as emphasized as it should be because he throws around the, you know, all, all ETs um, visiting us are good. And he, he also does have a more nuanced approach than that, but I understand he's just trying to promote CE five in a way where he doesn't want to spread fear and he just wants people to go out with good intentions and have positive contact. And that's actually generally the case of what happens because when you're going out with the intention of, of the positive contact, that's usually what you attract. Um, but in, in one presentation he did, he, he showed a, a graph and said, you know, here you have like physical extraterrestrials, you know, here you have like spiritual entities, angels, demons, um, you know, like ghosts, uh, astral beings and things of that nature. And his, his thing is basically when you're doing CE5, you're usually going to only attract these good entities and you're not going to, because of the vibration you have or your intention, the consciousness, whatever you want to call it, you're not going to attract these negative entities. And I, I would say generally he's right, but he's kind of simplifying it. 
Yeah. And, um, and I think that there is all these different kind of entities. And, you know, again, if you want to talk about the religion, I think, um, you know, Dr. Diana Pasolka did a lot of great work on this. And, you know, even Peter Lavenda in some of his books, he talked about it. Just about every religion you look at is based on interaction with non-human intelligence. Yeah. All these religions, just about, you know, Buddhism, uh, Vedanta, um, Christianity, Judaism, all of them, all, you know, Islam, they're all of them somewhere mentioned, you know, in, in Islam, they talk about jinns. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, there's all these religions and they're all somehow, maybe it's not based on that's the whole focus of it, but they're all talking about humans coming into contact with non-human intelligence and that intelligence having some kind of impact on them in some way. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a variety of, of ways you can look at it. And I think when you do go out with the contact and, and you're genuinely going out to have uh, some kind of like a positive encounter, that's what you're going to usually have, you know, yeah. not that any other contact is impossible. So, you know, that's, um, but I, I, you know, I've spoken with, you know, thousands of different um, field workers that people that go out to do CE5 and I know hundreds personally i've been out with hundreds of different people personally um to do ce5 work and they've all been you know beneficial experiences or life enhancing you know mind expanding um there were never any kind of negative um encounters um although uh i do think that negative encounters sometimes happen and you know, I don't think we can say, oh, all abductions are my labs. That's where I think yeah. career goes a little too far. Yeah. Because that, you know, I understand what he's saying, that they're using psychotronics and they can induce like a psychic attack that would make you think it's a negative ET. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there are, it's, it is possible that, you know, um, and there's, there's a lot of ways you can even look at that um, because somebody might interpret it as a horrifying experience just because it's another being and they're scared, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. even if they weren't, um, you know, harmed in some way. Um, but you know, then again, you have Jacques Vallée on Rogan talking about how somebody was injured, you know, people were physically injured yeah. Yeah. from UFO encounters. So, yeah. you know, we don't have the answers. Some of them could be like military experiments, mm -hmm. but you know, look at Travis Walton, right? Yeah. Um, he had a UFO experience. It blasted him. He said, Pro probably by accident. He thinks they took him on board to heal him. Yeah. Um, but that it was, you know, it was a mistake or accident, and uh, he was harmed by a UFO allegedly. And yeah. I think his his story is legit. Yeah, I, I I totally think Travis Walton's story as well is is legit. It's definitely one of the cases I go to when I'm trying to explain to somebody how. Uh, how serious this phenomenon can be, right? Like how it can interact with you and these things can happen. And I always stick to this idea that, look, there's always chaos in, the, in, in reality, right? There's always the, the dark side. And I think that for us to believe that there are intelligent beings or entities interacting with us that are not, that are all good or all bad, is completely yeah. just ridiculous. It's like yeah. the, you would never expect that in like, sometimes people get to, I've been having this feeling for, for some time. Like it's maybe it's happened in the last year. 
sometimes people get too stuck up in or mixed into this, like breaking everything down piece by piece and understanding what everything really means when it's super basic. It's like, of course there's bad and good things. If there's a bunch of beings interacting with us, there's going to be all kinds of things happening. And of course, um, uh, like the other day we were talking about uh, on Twitter, they were talking about, uh, the leaks that happened or what George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell dropped right recently. Yeah. And people were like, we need radar data. We need HD footage. We need this. And I'm like, when, <laughs> when has the government ever, ever given you all those things? Like in any, in any situation. Right. Yeah. And I say the government and I consider myself, I mean, I'm, I'm a U.S. citizen and I live in a foreign country, but one thing I learned leaving the U.S. and coming here to Argentina was like people are fighting over the same things here. Like they were throwing people out of helicopters and airplanes here back Jesus. when I was eating cereal in L.A. <laughs> at growing up. And yeah. it, we have to f- like we can't expect to have all the answers given to us. I think we're at a point in time where there for some reason for some reason, which we will find out later, there's this new wave happening and people are like talking about this again. And the positive thing about it is uh, the common everyday person might start to understand that this is a real phenomenon. So they might start to see the beauty in the universe. They might start to see the chaos a little bit too. But um. I just, what do you feel about, like, what do you think about that? Like, I think there will be moments in time where we have to take what we can get. We have to keep searching, keep digging. There's nothing wrong with asking you for more, but we also can't expect to have the answers sort of handed to us. At least the full story is not going to be given to us. I don't think ever. What do you think about like disclosure and where disclosure could go? Yeah, I think it's a whole process. I think, I mean, I think it's since since you know if you want to just look at the 1940s you know since then we've been having a, a steady disclosure and with it's had peaks yeah you know and you know highs and lows we're going through a high now um i do think we're there we're at a point of no return where we're going to continue to get um you know greater confirmations and um, things are going to just occur faster. You know, we're going to get developments faster, just like technology is developing faster. Now we're going to, you know, the way that information goes nowadays with social media, social networking, I think that being tapped, we're going to, we're going to see an incline in information, you know, all information, yeah, including UFO information. Um, but that that's, you know, that's been going on before, you know, in the 1940s, they were talking about flying saucers. But if you look, you know, um, there's there's been different phases. Like there was, you know, years ago, there was no, oh, the government's hiding this. There wasn't, you know, that was a whole phase that happened, I think, in the 70s, the 70s or the 80s, what people said, you know, um, more so after uh, Donald Kehoe started talking yeah. and was kind of, you know, he was an insider, you know, yeah. he was coming from the military and saying they you know, they're not telling us everything, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and after, after blue book closed, I think people were kind of like, what, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, 
And, you know, you had people like Heineck, you know, still saying there's something to this and there's data out there. And, you know, this is not just explained away. So I think, um, and, but there's, there's wild cards now, you know, I mean, Lou Elizondo. <laughs> yeah. Lou I, Elizondo, love, I love that you use that wild cards. Totally. I agree. Yeah. You know, who could, I, I was, you know, I've been involved again since maybe, 2009 i've been publicly engaging in this subject on social you know social networking and really involved with different people in the community and i remember like you know 20 not 2009 2010 2011 2012 it was like really slow you know i mean i was learning a ton of stuff um but then when um you know, I could have never expected uh, the A-tip story to drop. No, no. I was not expecting that. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Mm-mm. You know, even, um, you know, uh, Rich Dolan, he did his book after Disclosure yeah. in like 2012, I think the book came out or something. And, uh, you know, he, he outlined possibilities of how Disclosure could happen. You know, one would be like a mass sighting or like an insider coming out, which is kind of Lou Elizondo, but, you know, I don't think anybody predicted uh, what we saw. And I think we have more wild cards that are going to drop, yeah. you know, and uh, I always bring up the idea that, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, the phenomenon is controlling disclosure. Yes. Uh, because they could just at any point in time within seconds, this entire planet would know that they're here, Yeah, you know, unquestionably and that they're not humans <laughs> and yeah. it's not the military you know, like point blank, they could do that at any time. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, one of the reasons I like CE5, you know, other than just, you know, it, it kind of like helps open people's minds and, you know, something that they have to experience for themselves, but it's also for a way for them to take part in disclosure other than just waiting for the government or anybody to hand you answers, you know, or yeah. even an insider. You know, you don't have to take their word for it. You can go out and have your own personal disclosure in a sense. Yeah, that's totally why I looked into C5 in the first place, you know, and I wasn't afraid to to experiment with it and try it because I was like, look, I believe in this and sooner or later, whatever happens is going to happen. But at least I need to take the chance and see if I can pull this off. And if this, re- if this is really going on, I need to know how to do it. And what you were saying about uh, the phenomenon is the one that controls disclosure. I, I say that too. And I, and I think um, people don't think about that. They, they don't think about like, it kind of tripped me out the first time I really had that realization. I sat back and I thought about it for a minute and I said, wait a minute, <laughs> what does that really mean? Like about the phenomenon? Like, what does that mean about its yeah. interaction with us? Like what, what's going on here? Cause uh, the more I look into this topic and the more I think about it, the harder it gets for me to understand what the phenomenon is really doing, right? Like I understand the positive encounters kind of, and I get when people explain the interactions they had with the phenomenon and, and how they felt and, and what they experienced. But then I think on like a grander scale, right? Cause there's so many negative things that happen on our planet and our species is so like, I think with COVID and everything that we saw in the last year, it's a good example that we are, we aren't as evolved as we think we are. Um, 
we don't pay attention to the right things. People, it's, it's almost like definitely the last year was a good example that we aren't, I was almost going to say like, we aren't ready for the full, for full disclosure <laughs> yeah. either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we can't think about being invaded by a, a virus <laughs> or, or that kind of situation, um, how could we ever explain to the masses why the, what's going on with the phenomenon? Like, so I think that being said, disclosure, the way we get it, like you said too, it's, I, we're on the exact same page with this, like caught everyone off guard. They shouldn't be expecting disclosure to be handed to them or to be um, what they want. Disclosure is going to be what you get and that's it until it gets to the point where, you know, well, who knows if me and you will ever live to that point, but I think we will. I think we will live yeah, to that. I point. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I think we will. I think, I think I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's me too. You know? That's what I'm trying to say too. Like, I, I think, think so. I think I hope so too. Um, yeah. I'm not really into the whole bad alien theory, you know, the whole negative alien theory. Like uh, the other day I tweeted something and it was, um, I was just thinking and I said, look, if they can abduct you whenever they want from wherever they want, like walk through the wall and <laughs> make you feel like, uh, like you're happy, even though you're scared, right? Like calm you down and just make yeah. you forget about it and all this kind of stuff, then they don't need to invade the planet. That whole idea of invasion and aliens coming and blasting people, they could just like pick everyone little by little, day by day, just, just swoop you up and do whatever they want, put you back. So this idea of an invasion is just, you know, it's movies. It's all, yeah. It's all, and who knows if they haven't been here this whole time and we are like the visitors. We are like the people that are, yeah. you know, the land dwellers. The <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I was going to ask you something else. I saw on Instagram that you are going to start a podcast. That sounds pretty cool. Are you going to do, um, like, is it going to be different content than what's on your channel? Are you going to like, what's your idea for it? Have you thought about it yet? Or is it just something that's in the works? Yeah, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have formal interviews and I'll do panels and I'm going to have, um, I'm going to bring different people to the UFO conversation who aren't necessarily associated with the UFO Great idea. Um, community. Uh, so, um, I mean, my first guest uh, on, that's going to be really on the podcast, that's going to be, uh, you know, right from the start, you're going to see like, wow, like who, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm bringing sp different people to the conversation. Um, but I also definitely want to have people like you on the podcast and, you know, people like um, John Majorowski from UFOs on the Level, you know, Project Unity, um, other different uh, people, uh, you know, from the UFO Twitterverse. Um and but other other people from different fields too i love you that know. that's that's brilliant dude that's definitely what we need we need people from other fields and uh i don't know if you feel the same way but like i i just hope with my content and the channel and just me in general like we can share that that uh that message and get more people to accept this topic and understand it and come and talk about it because it's not all reptilians and david ike you know what i mean it's 
it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, or that's, Greer. Or Greer, yeah, or Greer. But um, we need that. So I think that's a great idea, dude, for the podcast. And I, I can't wait to see what you I do think with that. it's a. Yeah, I think it's a natural progression. I just see that's, I mean, that's where it's going to go from here. And just with, you know, look at social media. Yeah. Um, there's even people that, you know, interact with UFO Twitter on kind of like just a random basis that, that aren't necessarily UFO Twitter people. Yeah. Um, you know, you got that Gabby from uh, what the Peacock Network. He's hitting on disclosure <laughs> now. You know, he's a mainstream news guy. Yeah. You no, know, and he's, uh, semi involved in ufo twitter now that's awesome yeah um and i think that it's just going to expand from there so you know i think if people like us can you know kind of let people know it's okay to talk about this even from time to time and have them speak to people in their network here or there or just have them open to the subject is a great way to go yeah are you do you have the same situation happen now that i'm like always on ufo twitter and i'm always talking to you guys and we're all interacting I'm like dropping news to my friends and family like days before it happens. And they're starting to go like, wait a minute, <laughs> you were already talking about this on your Instagram feed or on, you know, or you told me about it when we talked on the phone the other day and it was just on Fox. It was just on scene. They'll send me stuff like, look, you were right. What you were talking about. And I'm like, yeah, we are. I think that's why we're also seeing attention in those areas like if somebody from the news is paying attention to us, it's because they want to get that, they want to get that leak first before the other guy gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's good. I I agree, and I think uh, that's what I've always wanted. Too. It's like apart from having a community and meeting awesome people like you, and just being able to have these conversations and be like, wow, like I feel super normal having a conversation with you about this because I should feel normal having a conversation about this. Yeah. And it's hard to find in, in out in the world sometimes. So this is like priceless for me, these kinds of interactions. And I was like, I have to try my best to normalize this topic in all aspects, you know? And if that means just showing the world that I'm a normal person, and we're all normal people and they shouldn't be afraid about talking about the subject or their close encounters or what they want to, you know, they shouldn't be afraid to ask questions because we're here for that. Like we spend so much time looking into this, that what else, what else will we be good for? You know, like that's, <laughs> we're all searching for the truth. Why not? Um, so yeah. I love, I love that you're going to do that. I can't wait to see what comes from that, man. Uh, well, it's going to be, it's going to be cool to hear some of their perspectives too, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, for one. And I, you know, I think for me, part of why I had some of my experiences was to be involved in this kind of way. Yeah. I have to say it, it does feel a little like a path. It does feel like a little bit like a path. Like I'm not that kind of person that, that will say that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the older I get <laughs> and realizing like where I am and what I'm doing, like sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be like, wait, oh, I can't believe like <laughs> I have like I have a channel and I'm talking about this and I'm meeting all these awesome people. And like I'll fall asleep, and I'll wake up and I'll be like, wait a minute. Wow. I can't believe that the kid that was surfing, you know, all the, you know, the teenager surfing and skateboarding, never thinking this would happen or I would ever talk about this kind of stuff, even though I was always it was always there 
that now I'm doing it and I'm like, wow, this has to be some kind of path because it just can't be for no reason. Like, um, so yeah, I, I agree. And I got to say, I'm a little envious of your close encounters. I need to start doing C5. I'm going to have to ask you for tips more often. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, and like I said, initially I didn't, I didn't initiate the initial encounters. Uh, they happened to me. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, I, I wish I could say I know the reason and all that. Um, I have some suspicions and some ideas. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, but I mean, you know, they'll mess you up a little sometimes. They could be traumatic. Um, it's it's not all fun and games. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I believe it's a positive transformation, yeah. at least in my experience. Um, but yes, you can you can definitely have, again, even some, some of the simpler experiences with CE5 are transformative, you know, cause you're engaging, you know, it's, you're, you're engaging the phenomenon, the, um, you know, I, I like to call it like an invitation. Yeah. Engaging the phenomenon. Exactly. Yeah. You're engaging with the phenomenon directly. Yeah. You know, there's no kind of, you're not reading something in a book. Like it's, it's a firsthand experience, you know, and yeah. when you have a, an actual experience with something um, you garner insight. And from that point, you never see everything the same again. It's, it's just, you have a new way of looking at things. I agree. And that's, that's a great <laughs> way to say it. Definitely. And seeing as you are engaging the phenomenon and everyone, please go subscribe to engaging the phenomenon. James, I want to thank you so much for coming on the channel. It really means a lot. And you are the first first guest forever you will always remain the first guest <laughs> and i, I want to bring you back so whenever you want to talk uh, we already talk on the side so whenever you want to come back just let me know and uh, i'll be happy to to bring you back yeah definitely man i'm hoping to have you on the channel very soon too on uh, engaging phenomenon and i definitely want to have you on the podcast as well man i love your channel thank you man um thank you guys for for tuning in like I said, don't forget to go subscribe to James and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon guys.